It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. On the overnight crowd, it is time to touch base with South Australia and to do so, we're lucky enough to have Paul Bonser from SENSA joining the show once again to give us, I don't know, the pulse of what's happening in South Australia. Bond, thanks for joining us again. Yes, well, my finger is on the pulse here in LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's terrible. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's been, um, I guess, a happy weekend for AFL uh, supporters here in Adelaide. It has. I, I know you've had a huge weekend, so I almost feel like I should be checking your pulse. But, yeah, let's start with the <laughs> AFL because uh, you've got a weekend where both teams get to celebrate. So, overall, all supporters yeah. happy. Let's start with the Crows because that was a, a, a pretty incredible finish. They won by the barest of margins, just the one point over Western Bulldogs. And they really, I guess, brought the game into their sort of – they deliberately made it a bit scrappy because it suited them over suiting the Western Bulldogs and away they came with the points and a really good win over in Ballarat. Yeah, very good win. Uh, very well coached win. Yeah. Think, uh, the coach needs some credit here. Um, and obviously his team is, is starting to develop and and looking very good. Um, there's some of his recruit... Like we, we spoke about Ben Keyes, I think, almost every week, but he... Mm. Had 33 disposals again, and his just his running ability. People are starting to talk about how much Ben Keys runs up and down the field. He's an elite runner, and he is that link man. Occasionally, his, his disposal can can be a little bit off, but uh, he's been an important link and important an important reason why the Adelaide Crows have got a couple of wins under their belt. Well, Kane Corns earlier on SEN, he was talking about players who give greatest effort and he actually listed Ben Keyes as his number three and he just said he just gives incredible effort each and every week. And you can't ask more than that um, as, a, as a coach and as a teammate. If you see your teammate just going until he's got nothing left in the tank, well, you can't ask more for more than that. Um, good to see Rory Laird get a lot of the footy again and a bit of a mention to Billy Frampton down back. Oh, Billy yeah. Frampton came across from the power, and was was a forward, a struggling forward, let's put it that way. And late last year in the sample, he was switched into into defence and all of a sudden became this intercept marker and, and he's got quite good uh, put skills. So whoever decided to put him back at Crow's headquarters, uh, hats off to you. And uh, he, he was excellent. He had 26 disposals down back and just... Looks like he's locked in the spot there for a few weeks. Doesn't he? 10 intercepts, exactly what you're talking about, which is just phenomenal numbers. Um, Taylor Tex Walker as well, someone who I think we're seeing, I'm not, uh, people commenting about, look, maybe he's not the best player in the competition. He's not in that conversation, but he potentially is a player that has the greatest impact on his side and where his side's going and how they go. So uh, good to see him continue his run of form as well. Yeah, three goals for Tex and he, he just lists, that whole Crows lineup. He is, you know, he has to take the best defender. They have to put him onto him. He just looks super fit, uh, playing some good footy, kicking goals. It's exactly what the Crows need. And yeah, he, he's a bit of a barometer for them as well. If he's playing, the Crows are a better side. It's that mm-hmm. simple. So a one point win when uh, I don't think anyone would have picked Adelaide to beat the Bulldogs in Ballarat. 
No, they definitely uh, – I would have had nine from nine in my tipping if the Crows had lost. I'm not unhappy, but, yeah, I would have actually gone clean if uh, if they if the Western Bulldogs had won, as I think most of us had expected. So next week the Crows take on the Giants. Let's switch around now. Port Adelaide, I don't think anyone saw the margin of this game coming. Quite a few people picked Port Adelaide to win this weekend against West Coast Eagles, but to win by plus 80, especially when you look at that first quarter – that was an incredible yeah. end to the game. I did not see that margin coming. No, and it's probably just what Port and Ken Hinckley needed. Zero um, <laughs> on five <laughs> and really struggling. And they got some players back. Lines came back into the side. Um, and they started well and they just kept going. And poor old West Coast there. <laughs> I feel a little bit sorry for them. They've been hit by COVID. They've been hit by injury. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't been able to train as a group because of um, because of COVID. So there's been close contact. They've had all the issues in the world, and they've been brave so far in the season. But uh, they just yeah, it all came crashing down at Adelaide Oval on Saturday. But hats off to Port. I don't want to take anything away from them as well. You can only beat who you play, and they beat them convincingly. As you said, eighty four points. Um, a big win for the power. And a win that sent them from last to 14th. So they've managed to now jump North Melbourne, West Coast, Essendon and GWS with that huge yeah. margin. <laughs> yes, and the Port fans all of a sudden, uh, just hang on a second, if we win our next few, we might be 5-5 five and five and back in it. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> the only problem with that is that they got St Kilda this week and I think St Kilda will be a bit strong for them. Up in Cairns though, so it is a bit of a neutral ground. Okay, maybe that's uh, the change. Yeah, yeah. Um, Todd Marshall kicked five, Finlayson kicked five for the power, um, and Connor Rosie was very good in the middle as well. He had 31 disposals running through the middle and being being a bit of a link-up man for the power. Yeah, well, it was good to see them get that win, and as you mentioned, you know, you start to, if you can look at it, glass half full, a few more wins, and everything starts to even back out again, and you're back up and in there, but a challenge against St Kilda coming. Uh, I know you had a huge weekend calling Sandful footy for SEN. You had a a flight away. Uh, How did your weekend of calling go? It was good fun. We went to to Port Lincoln yesterday, and they had Nord played West, and Nord hosted West in Port Lincoln, so... That Air Peninsula area is uh, Nord Zone, so that's where they get a lot of their juniors from. They had about four players in the league side that came from originally from Port Lincoln, so it's about a it's about a forty five minute flight across the water in a little thirty three seater plane, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know generally that's okay. You go over there, but. Uh, uh, Norwood were far too good, by the way. I'll talk about the footy first before the flight home. Um, uh, 19 goals, 13 defeated West, 9-5. They were just outclassed. So an 11-goal win yep. for the Red Legs in Port Lincoln. Good crowd there, about 2,500 people. So a uh, nice carnival atmosphere. And we were lucky enough to, I think, for the Norwood Footy Club to go over there and, and um, enjoy the day. It was beautiful weather and the town turned it on. And, uh, yeah, but... The thunderstorms came in late, and everyone kept saying, you know, oh, I don't know about this flight home, it's been oh, thunderstorms. No, thanks. So uh, on the little plane we get, and we leave Port Lincoln Airport, um, and it was raining a little, and uh, the pilot said, well, there'll be no service during the flight because uh, we need everyone in their seatbelts for the whole flight. 
and it's going to be a little bit bumpy. And it was a little bit bumpy, but we got <laughs> the pilot did an amazing job. Uh, he flew around the storm, um, and uh, we got we got home safely. It did take a little bit longer, but uh, I think when we touched down, everyone was happy that we actually touched down. <laughs> but it was a bit bumpy on the way home. It's actually giving me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. I'm not great flying. I, I love it because it gets me from A to B as quick as possible, yeah. but I'm definitely one of those people that gets the sweaty palms, so that wouldn't have been and that, uh, very enjoyable. Yeah, and the big, the big planes, you know, they don't bump around normally no, as much, but no. the little one, yeah, you feel every little every little bump along the way, but it uh, no, it was, it was good fun in the end. I <laughs> had a bit of a laugh and... <laughs> We can laugh about it now because we made it home. That's exactly um, right. Big clash today. Uh, it was Anzac Day, and in Anzac, uh, South Australian Footy League, they uh, have the grand final replay on Anzac Day. Okay. So it was the Eagles taking on Glenelg. Eagles won the grand final to go back-to-back last year, and this was the best game of footy we've seen. So it might have been the best game of footy we've seen in over a year. It was, it was outstanding. It was close all day. There was only a couple of goals in it. Um, Glenelg led at three-quarter time by three goals, and the Eagles came home, hit the front. They led by a point for about the last five or six minutes of the game until Reid Cooler uh, kicked the goal with about 30 seconds to go to put the Tigers in front, and they hung on and won by five points. It was mm. a great game of footy, great game to call. That's exciting. I see here that um, for the Eagles, Dan Menzel, which is a name that people would be familiar with, he kicked 5-1. Yes. Um, and Williams also five, but uh, not quite enough, obviously. Yeah, Dan Manzel leads the goal kicking in the sand pool this year. So he's currently kicked 16 goals in four games. So it's not a bad average for a, for a game. So uh, he's got out of the box. Oh, wow. He's flying, just looks fit, looks fantastic. And um, just a special mention to Sam Durden of Glenelg. Uh, he won the Bob Quinn medal for the, for the best player on the ground. Uh, the big defender... Um, formerly from um, uh, the Gold Coast. Well, you would have had um, probably some of South Australia, um, I guess, down in the dumps a little bit when we saw Jack Hayes go down for St Kilda. Obviously, someone we spoke about early on in um, the season for AFL as uh, you know a real good good news story coming out of the Sandfall. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It was tragic to see Jack go down. Obviously, I know, <laughs> I know Jack with his Eagles connection and. Mm. And, yeah, just uh, uh, tragic. But I was really happy to listen to Brett Ratton's um, comments after the game about how they, they're they not going to just let him go. They're going to look after him in his rehab and, and he'll be at the club again next year. So uh, while it's, it's really sad because he was just starting to develop into a pretty good AFL footballer mm. and... He's going to have to put that on hold for for 12 months and get his knee done. And hopefully he comes back bigger and stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to him for a quick and speedy and fruitful recovery. Uh, Let's switch now across to another sport that you're very passionate about and you broadcast as well. The NBL, we've now round up the regular season and there was a lot happening over the last three days and we now have our postseason set up. What a great finish. Uh There was a couple of people thinking, okay, the NBL season's probably gone a little bit too long. But what a way to finish the final round with upsets and and uh, Melbourne United going down to the Jack Jumpers, which mean that that uh, Perth had to win their final game to get that spot in the four. And Southeast Melbourne Phoenix did 
the Jack Jumpers a favour by beating Perth by two points. Bryce Cotton had a shot to tie it up, couldn't do it. And for the first time in 35 years, they will not make the playoffs, the Wildcats. Unbelievable. I know. Incredible. I was having a, a quick look at uh, what was happening uh, in 1986 when the Wildcats last didn't make the postseason. And uh, having a bit of fun with it across the show is my plan. But, yes, uh, the number one song by Sales, it spent seven weeks at number one, something that's still quite popular today, You're the Voice, John Farnham. Oh, there you go. I had a big mullet like Farnham back in 86, oh, I, I reckon. Can, I can imagine that on you. <laughs> The flowing luscious oh, locks. No, look, we we, we got to say, while it's, while it's, you know, most of, well, anyone that's not a Wildcats fan is probably going, well, yeah, for a year off, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah true. But for the Wildcats fan, you should be very proud of your club. 35 years without missing the finals is an amazing achievement, not Isn't just it? in Australia, it's worldwide. Yep. Like, you just don't hear about clubs doing that, so... Uh, amazing effort from the Wildcats, and I'm sure that uh, they'll be back bigger and stronger next season. They won't just let this slide. Yeah, you can only imagine. So it looks so we've got set up. Melbourne will take on the Tassie Jack Jumpers. They'll have a best yep. of three game series, and the other one will be Illawarra Hawks, who, with a couple of wins to finish their season, jumped up into second. And they take on the Kings as well in their best of three series. Uh, Thursday and Friday was when it all starts. Yeah, Brian Gorgian has uh, got the Hawks playing some beautiful basketball as the season comes to the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne and the Jack Jumpers, as well as the Jack Jumpers have done this year, and hats off to Scott Roth uh, and his team. Uh, they've done an amazing job to make the playoffs in their very first season of NBL basketball. Um, I, I, over a three-game series, I can't see them beating Melbourne United. They might steal a game. Mm-hmm. but I can't see them beating Melbourne. So I think Melbourne will go to the big dance. And Illawarra and Sydney is really interesting. I think this is uh, Illawarra playing well. They beat the Kings um, uh, the other the other week as well. So I, yeah, I, I, I think the Kings, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be surprised if Illawarra get there as well. Yeah, that one's, I think, going to be the tighter of the two series, as, as you said. But... Um, I think we spoke about five or six weeks ago and said that the Jack Jumpers are basically everyone's second team because it's their first year in and it's yes. a feel-good story. Well, that means I've got a horse in the race again. With no Wildcats, I can go for the Jack Jumpers. But, um, <laughs> coming from fourth, it might be a, it'd be a fairy tale, but, um, you know, why not? I'm on Jack Jumpers. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think Melbourne-Sydney... Is most likely. Uh, yeah, most likely. And I think Melbourne will win it again. There you go. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Bonds, it's been great to speak to you. Anything else happening across South Australia that we should be aware of? Oh, no, only that uh, just recommend if you're going to Port Lincoln on a little plane, make sure there's no sunstorms (laughs) around. That's all I can recommend. Well, um, I hope you um, get some level footing and you get a chance to rest up from a really big weekend and all the best for a great week ahead. No worries. And two games on SENSA of sample footy next weekend as well. So don't forget to tune in. That's brilliant. That's Paul Bonza from SENSA joining us again here on The Overnight Crowd. Up next on The Overnight Crowd, it's time to chat all things living in America with Chris. Get your texts in 0433 98 11 16 to put to Chris right after this. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. 
Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.